You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, it's Good Shepherd Sunday, uh, and it seems like this is always, a, especially coming right after Easter, to consider the Lord's work of being our Good Shepherd, because I think, just I mean, looking at the Bible, the Lord seems to have a special place for shepherds. We want to remember that there are shepherds all over Israel. Whenever you visit Palestine, even still today, but especially in the ancient world, there were shepherds all around, especially in the wilderness where they, they couldn't farm or have their orchards, and so the shepherds would go out and they would lead their flocks out and about and they would be there. We were visiting years ago and we were driving along in the bus and there was this this flock of sheep, we came across this flock of sheep, and there, standing, it was just, I mean, like right there, like right where you guys are to me, where, there was this flock of sheep, and there right above them on the hill was a shepherd. And the shepherd took a few steps this way, and the sheep looked up, oh, and they took a few sh- steps this way like this, and then they went down to eating whatever it was they were eating. I didn't see any grass, like rocks, but there must have been something that they were eating, and they ate for a little bit, and then the shepherd kind of walked back along the hill this way like this, and the sheep looked up, and they went on, and they followed him this way like this, and then went back to their eating. And There were the dogs. It was an amazing thing to see. There were the dogs resting in the shade, and here it was, and I thought to myself, now this is just like, I mean, here the Palestinian shepherd, he had his turban on, he had like old ratty jeans, he was wearing sandals, and I think this is, this is like the same the same guy that was here a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago. I'm looking now at this iconic image of the, of the shepherd with his sheep in the wilderness of Palestine. And just as I thought that, he pulls out of his pocket his cell phone. <laughs> I think he pro- we were taking pictures and he probably took a picture of us and posted it on Instagram, hashtag tourist or something like this. This is, but this is, as you just drive, it's an amazing thing to see. I mean, we're not used to this, but whenever you're traveling around Israel, there's just flocks and shepherds with their flocks all over the place. Now and then, and it's true also in the scriptures. I mean, just to, like to run through the catalog of shepherds that are in the Bible, starting with Adam, who gave, who had the vocation of even naming all of the animals that are there. Or then his son Abel, remember the whole conflict between Cain and Abel. Cain was the farmer and he brought his wheat to sacrifice. Abel brought the, his fruit of the flock. He was the shepherd, probably raising lambs for sacrifice because they weren't authorized to eat them for meat yet until after Noah. Or even Noah, who had a very unique shepherding role, every kind of animal into the ark and through the flood. Or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all shepherds. You remember that when Joseph got in trouble, it's when he went to visit his brothers who were out in the wilderness looking after the flocks, and that's when they sold, threw him in the pit and sold him into slavery and everything like this. Or Moses, who when he was 40 was trying to prevent the Egyptian from, from killing the, the Hebrew and murdered the Egyptian and fled into the wilderness. And for 40 years, age 40 to age 80, Moses was a shepherd looking after Jethro's sheep. Until it was, I mean, he was looking after the sheep when he wandered onto Mount Sinai, and there the burning bush was, and the Lord called him for 40 more years of prophetic work. Or David, King David, was first a shepherd. The Psalms highlight this. 
that you were, he, I took you from following after the sheep to shepherding my people Israel. David was the youngest of eight boys, and Samuel the prophet came and, and said, I want one of your boys to be the king. And so Jesse, his dad, brought the seven oldest, and he wouldn't, don't know, none of these seven guys. And so he says, don't you have another son? And he didn't even bother to bring David in from the field because he was so small, so young, so weak. And, and I think that gives us a little hint into the humility of what it meant to be a shepherd. But here he is called from the flock to be king. The prophet Amos was a shepherd. I don't know if you knew that. And we remember also the shepherds, for example, in Bethlehem. It's amazing. They were out watching their sheep at night even, probably because there's all these caves around Bethlehem so they could just kind of, they could put their, stuff their sheep into a cave and watch them in the evening instead of having to bring them back into town. And there they are in the fields watching over their flocks by night when the angels come and announce the birth of Jesus to them. It's incredible. But it's not just the, it's not just that there's so many shepherds in the scripture. It's that this picture of the shepherd is also all over the scriptures. Now, we want to remember that the Bible uses these pictures, especially in poems. The Bible's using pictures to teach us, to encourage us, to, to, to warn us, to give us comfort and peace. And, and these pictures that the Lord uses are going to, these kind of, these imaginary or, or what do we want to say, the, the field of images that the Lord is pulling from, especially come from the temple and from the battlefield and from the field, from farming and from ranching, from the shepherds. And it's this, that's where this picture comes from, the shepherd with the sheep, and it runs all the way through the Scriptures. Now, what we want to meditate then on what that means, because the sheep, as I'm taught to understand it, the sheep, amongst all animals, are really not that smart. Or they're not that strong. Or they're not that fast. If you want to put it on, if you want to kind of put a positive spin on the sheep, you could just say that they're gentle and somewhat ignorant. But what this means is they're lunch. <laughs> I mean, the sheep are no match for anything. I mean, if, if there's a wolf or there's a, if there's a bear or there's a lion or there's like I mean, a really hungry dog. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just toast. They can't do anything to protect themselves. There's, they're no match for this sort of thing. And, and the sheep, apart from the shepherd, is, is a goner. Which means this, that the life, and this is the main thing, the life of the sheep is the care of the shepherd. The life of the sheep is the care of the shepherd. Now, this is perhaps most beautifully captured in Psalm 23. You, you know, I mean, you can see it as, as David paints this picture. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads us to the green grass. He takes us to the still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. His rod and his staff are our protection. So I shall not want. And we get the picture. The Lord provides for us. The Lord protects us. Even through death, the Lord protects us. In Psalm 80, verse 1, Asaph prays this. He says, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. And we get the picture. Again, the Lord goes out in front of us. He leads us to where we need to be. And without His leading, we are lost. Psalm 95, we pray this in the morning at Matins, and, and it's really quite beautiful because the psalm gets it a little bit backwards. It says, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. 
It should be the sheep of his pasture and the people of his hand, you see. But the Lord reverses it, I think, to remind us, to bless us with humility. We're the people in the pasture. We're the sheep of his hand. And again, we get the picture. The Lord protects us. He cares for us. The the hands that hold us are the hands that that hold the deep places of the earth, that form the mountains. These are the hands that uphold us. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11 says this, He, the Lord, will tend His flock like a shepherd. And, and then listen, this is, I mean, it's the same picture of the Lord protecting us, but, but listen to the layer of sort of gentle compassion that Isaiah gives to us. He will gather the lambs in His arms, He will carry them in His bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. So the moms, the mom lambs, or mom sheep expecting baby lambs, the little baby lambs, Jesus is holding it. And we again get the picture, this strong shepherd with the little tiny fuzzball lambs, and he's gentle and compassionate. He's, he's hold, he holds us to his chest. In Ezekiel 34, which was our Old Testament lesson, The Lord is getting after the leaders of the people. He calls them faithless shepherds, the priests and the kings. They are supposed to shepherd the Lord's people and take care of them, but they're not doing the job. Instead of feeding the sheep, they're feeding on the sheep. So the Lord will punish those faithless shepherds. And then it says all these wonderful promises, I I myself will shepherd my flock. I will go looking for the lost sheep. And that theme of looking for the lost sheep is going to come up again and again in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, in these prophets of the exile. Remember the Lord's people. Jerusalem was destroyed and they were carted off to Babylon and everywhere else in the world. And the Lord says, I'm going to go find them, I'm going to gather them up, and I'm going to bring them back. Listen to Jeremiah 23. Same picture. The Lord going to find the sheep lost in exile and gather them up and bring them back under His protection. Jeremiah says it like this, Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to the fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. And again, we get the picture. The Lord goes looking for the lost and, and scattered sheep. He goes, he goes and he finds them and he brings them back and he, and he protects them. That's the picture that Jesus takes up in Matthew 18 when he gives the parable of the one lost sheep. Now, this is amazing. Jesus says, which one of you, if you have a hundred sheep and one gets lost, will not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go seeking after the one? And now we get the picture of this heroic shepherd who leaves the 99 in the wilderness to seek after the one lost sheep, the one wandering lamb. And you've seen that, you've seen that picture, right? That painting of the, like the shepherd and he's kind of hanging over the cliff and the, and the lamb is down there on the rock and he's leaning over to do it. And we get this, this picture of the Lord as our shepherd and all of his strength and all of his bravery and all of his wisdom. It's a picture of comfort and a picture of safety. I was trying to picture it last night as I was falling asleep, trying to imagine Psalm 23 from the perspective of the lamb. I don't know how exactly how lambs think about these things, but it seems to me that if you're just kind of, if you have kind of a lamb brain, that you just look around and everything must seem frightful. I mean, you're just, you wonder, your thoughts are like this. Where in the world am I going to find something to eat? And where in the world am I going to find somewhere where something's not going to eat me? 
I mean, this is like the lamb thinking, as far as I can tell. And this, it's a sort of frightful and anxious existence until you look over and you see the feet, the sandals of your shepherd. And then you think, okay, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to have food. I'm going to have water. I'm going to have protection. I'm going to have everything I need. And, and, and with all of, I mean, all of this together, we start to get the picture that the Bible is painting for us, that the Lord is our shepherd and we are his sheep. And he leads us and he protects us and he takes care of us. And we find with him joy and gentleness as he carries us through life. That's the picture. Got it? It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it's lovely. And it's all, it's, I mean, it's on, like every chapter of the Bible, it's, it's all over the place. And we get it. So, when Jesus comes along and says, I am the good shepherd, we know what's coming next. I am the good shepherd. I take care of my sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I find my wandering sheep and I bring them back. Got it. I'm the good shepherd. I call my sheep by name. Wonderful. I'm the good shepherd. I protect my sheep. Got it. But what you are not expecting, what you should not, what nobody is expecting, is in fact what Jesus does say. I am the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. And When Jesus says this, you can imagine, you can imagine the disciples' jaws slowly dropping as, as it dawns on him what he in fact is saying. And our jaws should drop with them. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. What? That, that's, not, that's not how it's supposed to work. The good shepherd is supposed to be full of life and strength and vigor to, to, to stand there like a, like a soldier guarding us from the darkness that surrounds us, from the wolves and the, and the, and the danger that stalks us by night. He's supposed to be strong and full of life. And yet Jesus comes along and says, this is what the good shepherd does. What we can never expect and never deserve, the good shepherd lays down his life. The good shepherd dies. For the sheep. Here's the story. I think I've told you guys this story before. I had forgotten about it until I was, a couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, Missouri in the, and they asked me to talk to the children and they sang Shepherd of Tender Youth with the children, which is the oldest hymn that we have. Really, it's quite beautiful. And I remembered this story and I told it to the kids and they were interested, so I think you guys might be as well. Okay, so you've got to imagine that you yourself are a sheep. And you're there with the, with the 99 other sheep. There's your mom and your dad's sheep. There's the good shepherd. There's the green grass. And all is well, but sheep are prone always to wander. And so are you. And so you see some green grass around the corner. So you go and you, you have some of that green grass. It's pretty good. And then you get distracted by the creek and you see a, a butterfly. And so you chase after it across the creek and around the rock. And then there's something that looks interesting down the hill. So, so down you go down the hill and, and then you're into the forest like this and you're, you take a jag to the left and you remember that there, everyone else is up the hill. So, so after you're going to head back that way, but you smell something funny. So you chase it down and now you're 
over the cliff and then, but you remember how to get home. And, and so after a while, you realize that as the sun's going down, that you better head back. And so you, you turn around and you go this way and, and you're back into the forest and you're back on this. But now the, the rocks look unfamiliar and, and everything smells a little bit different. So you, pre- you think you're going the right way. You're going up the hill, but suddenly the hill drops off and you can't go to the left and now you're to the right. And you realize that as the stars are starting to come out, that you are lost, utterly lost. You have no idea where you are, which is the worst thing for a sheep, to be lost like this. So you kind of plod on in weariness until you come around the, you come around the bend and there's a cave, and out of the cave you hear snorting and snarling, and out comes this wolf, this ferocious kind of looking thing, sharp teeth, terrible breath, and you think, I'm done for. I am lamb chops. <laughs> I'm dinner. And the wolf comes out of the cave and he's licking his chops and he says, I'm so happy to see you because I was getting hungry and so now I'm going to eat you. And as he walks over towards you and all hope is vanishing from the world, you suddenly hear the rustling in the leaves behind you and out comes whoof, the good shepherd. Your shepherd. All day he was tracking you down. All day he was looking for you. He's bleeding and sweating and out of breath and he finds you there and whew, you say, I'm so glad you, now I'm safe. He's got his staff. He's got his rod. He's got his sling. He's got his rocks. This wolf is toast. I've seen him take care of wolves before. No problem. I'm safe. And the shepherd says to the wolf, I'd prefer you not to eat this lamb. And you kind of line up behind the shepherd and you're pretty, you know, the world, your fortunes have changed. You're feeling pretty good. Until the wolf says to the shepherd, remember this? The wolf says to the shepherd, hey, now, wait a minute, you know the rules. As long as the sheep are in your flock, I can't eat them. But when they wander into my yard, they're mine. This sheep belongs to me. I can eat it. I can have it for dinner. And you think you remember at one point hearing that kind of rule, but it seemed kind of distant in your memory, and you look up at the shepherd hoping that this isn't the case, but the shepherd nods his head and he says, you're right. Those are the rules. If you want it, it's yours, but I have something that I'd like to suggest. And the shepherd walks over to the wolf and says to it, eat me instead. And with wonder, and with awe, you watch as the wolf pounces on your shepherd and devours him and lets you free. It's just not how the story's supposed to go. But it's how it goes with Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. For you. That's what Jesus is doing on the cross. He hands himself over to what you deserve and to what I deserve so that we might be free and forgiven. 
and loved by God. Now we know that's not the end of the story. This shepherd is too alive, too full of life. He can't stay dead. He lives and the wolf is destroyed. It is the truth that Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. And listen to how Micah tells it to us. He shall rise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they, his flock, will dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And he shall be their peace. But the Lord's protection... The Lord's provision, the Lord's strength to shepherd his flock is found in his death and in his blood. Dear saints, there there are shepherds who are all over Israel now. There are shepherds all over the Bible. But there is only one good shepherd. One, One shepherd like this. One shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. You're Jesus. And in him, you have life. And in him, you have peace. And in him, you have the forgiveness of sins. God be praised. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Hallelujah. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.